Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse, Code, and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town, The Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown! Maka, you see your two friends um, seemingly lost. Uh, Both of you see Maka, who you had to abandon. um, And uh, you reach into your pocket, Maka, and uh, produce an old friend. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, uh, my friends... It is good to see you once again. And I'll extend Mr. Bang out to Duncan. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you both. Uh, and he'll just take Mr. Bang and just hug Maka because he's pretty pumped. Like, he'd basically given up Maka for dead, but he wouldn't hold any sort of funeral or memorial until it was 100%. So this is a very happy reunion for 
Duncan. And and kind of around the embrace, uh, Maka just puts a hand on Gwyn's, Gwendolyn's shoulder as well. And says, it is good to see you both as well. Hmm. You too, Maka. Question. Oh, are we the entirety of the rebellion? Oh, fuck, no, no, there's a bunch of Oh, us. thank God. Jeez, that scared me. Oh, Maka, do you want a bow? I found this bow. Uh, <laughs> just, like, take out the bow and show it to Maka. Does Maka want the bow? I have a feeling the answer is... Mm, no. All and right, I, this can wait here, then. I'll take it. Oh, well, okay, Gwendolyn, there you go, princess. You're doing great. Yes! Just and collecting ranged weapons. <laughs> Gwendolyn became an archer, kind of. So, uh, Maka, Gwendolyn, and Duncan, you're finally reunited um, since uh, the debacle uh, on your way out of the, the realm of the Root Folk uh, and the, the ambush along the way. Um, although time is of the essence with the, uh, the forces of uh, the Chimerans uh, beginning to uh, mount a raid against the, uh, the sort of resting place of, uh, of Krekate's tomb, um, you do have a few minutes to kind of catch up and to make any preparations you want. Um, West Point uh, is, uh, is pretty much burnt uh, at this point, uh, given that the Chimerans launched an assault against it. Um, Tika suggests that this space is no longer safe. Um, so um, she, along with uh, Maka and the, the horses with, uh, with Victor in tow, who has um, offered his... Uh, he had a, a proper Luke Skywalker moment of, you know, with Ezra being dead, uh, he no longer really has much purpose or much time. Um, so he has, uh, Victor Macklin has joined the cause and will, will assist as much as he can um, in, uh, to honor Ezra's memory. Um, so all of you are headed back to Scriven um, to kind of make your, your preparations um, for the next step, which is uh, to attempt to... Uh, sync up with uh, General Bridge and to liberate um, a familiar, right? Yes, from uh, to liberate uh, Krekate's familiar um, from uh, the mausoleum gallery. So um, you're currently making your way through the blasted landscape. Um, Tika is on hand, uh, Tika and Victor are on hand to kind of offer assistance as they can. Um, one thing to keep in mind is you've met a lot of characters who are, are moderately knowledgeable about kind of a lot of things. Um, Tika's much more an on-the-ground uh, kind of gal, um, so even though she's very capable in combat, she likely doesn't have tremendous answers for you around, you know, the secrets of the universe. Um, she's uh, essentially... Um, uh, she worked as um, one of the... Yeah, um, we'll say her her main uh, gig was in. Uh, she was part of the uh, the Red Circle, um, so uh, part of the war band, um, and uh, essentially um, part of her job was uh, training um, witches, younger witches, um, in sort of the ways of, of the pact and and how to best channel the the energies that their uh, mystical forces gave them. So, very knowledgeable on, like, how to make Eldritch Blasts work real good, um, but not necessarily on, on the greater schemes of the world. Uh, similarly, um, Victor being kind of uh, tethered to Ezra knows a little bit about Parks and Recreation, a little bit more about the world uh, <laughs> since, but um, 
Yeah, yeah Victor's theory was hide in a cave. That's the yeah. knowledge level yeah. we're looking Which, at on high-level politics. Admittedly, <laughs> Victor was also very aware of Ezra's limitations, as uh, certainly not um, based on his physical um, uh, circumstances, but l- largely on, you know, Ezra was like a really well-meaning guy. He wasn't going to survive. <laughs> Gentle <laughs> old man can't make tea. Going to yeah. be a bad time um, if he goes something, to war. Something worth, worth noting, though, um, just kind of uh, in terms of the cultural makeup of uh, the Covenant of, of Krakate, um, the majority of the Coven um, are elves. Uh, however, similar to uh, the Mandalorian cast, um, if one proves themselves um, in sort of the, the ways of... Uh, of um, sort of witch culture and uh, ability to use magic in the ways that uh, the coven respects um, people can be adopted into the coven um, from other societies uh, as was the case with with Ezra so um, just so you have kind of a mental baseline cool. for, for kind of who these folks are um, so you're riding um, I think all of you are probably hardy and hale enough uh, to make it on your own so we'll say that you're all on foot um, Tika is guiding uh, the other sort of um, nightmare steed and uh, you're making your way back to Scriven. What do you think you're discussing? Um, I think let's just say out the gate, does anybody have anything from our previous adventures we've had separately that they would keep secret? Because it might be easier to just say we discuss all the stuff we've heard about Azul, familiars, etc. But is there anything anybody would be like, I wouldn't share this? Because I think Duncan would be an open book from what he'd learned from everybody up to this point. I'd share everything. Like, I want... I, I I don't want to be in a suit of armor forever. So like, um, Laura, my one caveat to that would be: Yeah, are you sharing everything that I told you, or are you sharing things the way we've seen Gwendolyn shares them, which is, oh, I don't know, some fucking nonsense about magic, boo-hoo, because yeah. that will determine the nature of what yeah. they learn. Yeah, what makes it through the Gwendolyn filter of this is useful information I would share? Given that it has been a little while, and I know Gwendolyn usually does that as a knee-jerk reaction in the moment, but now that she's had some time to process. But again, uh, just to to caveat that, because we've all obviously heard everything that's been said. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, it's, It's basically like... So the, like Toby told me like I've gotten like an Azul that's why like I'm here but I'm like kind of dead but like this is like my soul in the body but I got to go to like to shit what's it called Golan with the dwarves and they know shit about bonding to this arm I don't fuck That's about what I thought it would be okay yeah, great Yeah that's that's pretty much it <laughs> Uh, Duncan would share what he'd learned about familiars, wanting to go back, being forced or not. Anything Ezra got kind of relayed, which I'm imagining gets shored up by confirmation from yeah, Tika. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything Mako would want to share specifically? Uh, honestly, I think a lot of what Maka picked up, you guys also kind of got your own crash course in for the most part, right? I don't think there's anything Maka learned that you guys didn't end up knowing anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Maka would, would be open to sharing whatever, but I don't think it would add much. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and Tom, I would. can I use some hit dice? Yes, yes. On the walk? Dope. I'm going to do that. Oh, you know what? Oh. I guess specifically, um, Maka would refer to the three birds that he saw um, uh, that appeared to be acting as scouts for, for witches um, and basically warned that there's no life here, so any creatures or animals that you see are usually agents of the coven. Hmm. 
Well, that's problematic. So, we've got to save a familiar, which makes it sound like it might be a bit of a heist against magic. Does anyone have any abilities that would particularly assist with this? I hate to admit it, but I'm pretty much like a stab and shoot kind of guy. I can do a little bit of climbing, but it's not really my strength, and I have no idea how to get through a lock. But if you give me a pick set, I'm not hopeless. Uh, Tika will chime in just before you guys get much further in this, uh, that um, uh, General Bridge is known for her uh, MacGyver-esque scrappiness. Um, it's part of the reason she was such an effective commander. Um, also, given that, like, it is worth considering the tone of Covenant magic to be somewhat similar to the Harry Potter universe, where everything's just a little bit fucking batshit wonky. Um, mm. So it's not like, you know, there's a hard and fast set of rules, magic works exactly like this, say exactly this keyword, and this effect will occur. There's a lot of gray area um, based on plot contrivance. Um, <laughs> but um, as a result, um, there is a lot of room for improvisation and for um, uh, MacGyvering, and it would seem that that's very much what, um, what, what Bridge is known for. So Tika just chimes in to be like, uh, you know, look, if I know the general, she's already come up with some 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 things. Um, I mean, obviously, if, if she had a proper solution, she'd already be in there. Uh, but um, just know that I, I know none of you showed up planning to heist anything. Uh, I feel like the general's probably got a plan, so there's likely something for you there. Whoa! Oh, sorry, my, my phantom steed just reared up. Uh, it's hard handling both of these horses simultaneously, but I'll manage. And then she, like, mage hands the other one a little bit further away, and they keep walking. All right, so I've got kind of two things, one for each of you, friends. Um... Maka, you are in touch with the magic of the world. Uh, do you think you could summon or control or free familiars? Because it sounds like it's possible. The summoning abilities that Jassi has seen fit to grant me are not dissimilar to summoning a familiar. However, with the magic I have seen, such as combining familiars, familiars living for years and years, this is magic I am not capable of. Interesting. This might be worth you having a quick chat with Victor Macklin, because the one thing I know is it takes a lot of time and skill to build things up, and sometimes it just takes an idiot with a hammer to break things down. And if you could do some damage or confuse or distract an Omnirash, that'd be great, because having fought one, they're a fucking nightmare, and we are not going to walk away, the three of us, from an Omnirash on our own. Hmm. I will speak with Victor and endeavor to be your idiot with a hammer. Hmm. Well, for you, I think it'll be more a smart man with a stone and a chisel. I believe in you, Maka. Princess, you and I need to have an awkward conversation. Uh, Tika, I know you're close and we're going to keep traveling with you. Could you just do me a courtesy of pretending you're not listening? <laughs> uh, she turns, she's like, sorry, what? Uh, sorry, I wasn't listening. Wonderful. Do what you're doing. You're doing great. Thank you. Oh, uh, cool. Th uh, th thank you. <laughs> These guys are weird. <laughs> anyway, and then she just keeps talking to the horse. <laughs> Princess, 
you have, I would say, over the last few days in this journey, seemingly abandoned uh, tact and your ambassadorial skills. You've actually angered everyone we've dealt with because they have not answered your questions in exactly the way that you'd wanted. We're going into a war zone in a civil war with new allies where we need information and we need help. I need to ask you to be a princess and an ambassador for your alliance again. Fine, okay, yeah. I don't, I, I, you seem very timid about this and I'm not sure where you're at or where you've been at. Uh, well, you know, sometimes it's just like a little bit overwhelming and I have a bad day or two. So, you know, I'm still a person. <laughs> Is she crying? She would be. Is Queen going to cry? She can't produce tears. <laughs> Oh, so it's just like, boo, boo. <laughs> Princess, unfortunately for you, the power of the crown says no bad days. Or if you're going to have a bad day, it has to be on a day that's great for everyone else. The hardest days are when you have to be the most princess. We've been having the hardest days. But my if dad you... had a lot of bad days and no one cared. Yes, you may have noticed around your dad, everything was great and everyone helped him. And he thought he was better than everyone else and no one loved him. Those are the true things about your father's reign. I do recall your father having a particularly bad day. <laughs> Yeah, when he died. Mm, yes, that's the one. Or was taken. Technically, we don't know he's dead. We just have to assume he is. Well, I, I'll, I'll try. This sucks. Okay, we can acknowledge that it sucks. But you can't just try, Princess. Do you want to be... The queen. This is the big question. This is the job. And if you don't want the job, then you need to abdicate immediately and we'll deal with this circumstance differently. Look, it's just like, I'm just getting used to like new parameters for the job because I grew up thinking the job was something and now it's something else. And I just have to come around to that and I'm coming around to it. So it'll be fine. Princess, this is going to sound harsh, and I apologize for that in advance. However, we've all been going through the exact same circumstances, and you and I have had exactly the same changes. You may have noticed that I've made friends along the way. I've brought people around. I've done all these things. You may also notice I'm not a trained diplomat or a leader. I just read some books, and I lived a life. You're trained to do this, and it's taking you so long to come around that you might actually get us fucking killed. And I'm sworn to protect you. I need you to do the job better. Well, you don't have to be a jerk about it. I'll do it. 
obviously. Here's the thing, it's not obvious, but I'll trust you. All right. Nice chat. Great. Sire Tortle, why don't we go talk to Victor Macklin? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Macklin just being socially announced. He's like, did you notice that long pause? Yes, I did. Hmm. Strange you don't normally do that, you two. That's true. It's not really my style on the scale of things. But, Marcus, sometimes when you have someone who is in charge, I imagine the cluster does not have, shall we say, a terribly strong and obnoxious personality. Hmm. Personality is... I'm, I'm still right here. Yes. Sorry, what? Oh, uh, sorry, you weren't talking to me. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. And then she just keeps clip-clopping away. <laughs> yeah, Mark is like, yes, yes, you are. Mm, yes. Yeah, sometimes when you have an employer, they're going to deal with you in a way that you find objectionable. But in the end, you've got to focus on the results. So if you can get them to improve their, their work and ultimately be happier in the short term, you accept that they don't like you for that short term or possibly even the long term. I'm like, I'm so I'm facing away, like with my arms folded, and I just kind of like do like a dramatic like look back at Duncan and then look <laughs> forward again. Mm, You'd be amazed how much people cannot like you, even though you constantly are almost killed trying to keep them alive. Mm. So, Gwendolyn does not like me. Mm. I see. No, you're great. Mm. You're great. She doesn't like me. Ah, oh, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just walks away, yeah. <laughs> Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into the Mythos Mysteries, a live play pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imagining. The series features Claire Blackwood as Red, Ryan LaPlante as Adrian Diesel, and Tyler Hewitt as Old Man Richter in a world created by Keeper Tom McGee. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but greater horror awaits them when they arrive. For they are not just running away from mortal danger, but towards the Mythos Mysteries. Episodes are available now. So having caught up on uh, matters of, of uh, state, friendship, and um, mysteries, um, the, uh, the party arrives at Scriven um, for Gwendolyn and uh, Duncan. Obviously, this is your first time seeing it. Um, again, big um, sort of rag-covered uh, pavilions and stalls, uh, essentially a, a shanty town uh, made of rags. Mm. Um, you are uh, greeted by um, um, uh, Ooh, who has come out. Uh, she she's looking a bit worse um, than when you left. Um, you also get the sense that time might not exactly work here the way it does anywhere else, given the nature of the magical nature of, of the space. Um, and uh, that that heavy kind of heated breathing um, that she was doing earlier seems to have gotten much worse. Uh, it's almost like a, it's almost gasping now, like it's a full like, 
<clears throat> kind of um, breath, uh, and uh, she says, oh, "Welcome back. I'm very glad that you you made it. You you were gone for a time." Hmm. Yes. It is good to see you once again. Ooh. Uh, and these must be your friends. And she turns to both of you. She just says, I am so sorry for your loss. Well, I am Duncan Kindano, first captain of the Dawnbreakers. And this is Princess Gwendolyn Kinsolaris, first ambassador of the Alliance of Equality and Princess of Orville. Thank you for your condolences. I, like, try to curtsy. <laughs> um, she uh, she just kind of nods uh, almost absently and then starts making her way back inside uh, to get back to her notes. Uh, and Tika just kind of shakes her head and says, uh, as she, like, you know, jumps sort of stoutly off the horse, like, it's not an elegant dismount. It's like a, a full, like, hop to the ground. Um, and uh, she shakes her head and just says, hmm. Not much longer for her, I'm afraid. It's a shame. She was a good one. Why? Good. Why is that? Ooh told me she was here not more than three years ago. Yet there are those like Zahn who have remained for centuries. Um, we exist outside of we the the Covenant. Uh, we we witches exist outside of. Uh, the rules of a lot of, of the Shadowlands, but um, for her, time can, can stretch or expand or speed up. Um, it's it's very hard to tell. Uh, we've only been gone a couple hours, but for her, this may have been weeks, months, possibly years. Um, she believes she's been here for for a few years, but truthfully, uh, for, for a mortal wasting away here, uh, time's not really a thing. Which is all the more reason why we should get you fine folks on your way before that starts happening to you. And then she looks at Gwendolyn and she's like, maybe not to you, but to these two. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, Mac has got magic. Is there some way you could teach him a technique to protect himself from this encroaching whatever that was? And he just points where, like, ooh, left, yeah. floating away. Says uh, She just uh, shakes her head and says, uh, the... Uh, I, I I spent time training many witches in many things, uh, but that uh, that's part of the the ritual um, and the pact uh, where you you become one with with the covenant. Uh, unless that's something that you seek to do, but even then, the covenant no longer exists as as it did. So until it's been restored, um, until Crecate decides which form she wants the covenant to take, uh, we can't really do that for you. It's better that we just get you out of here soon the good news is that um having only been here for a couple of days your your vitality will still still be intact uh it's it's more uh if you stay longer you'll be fucked kind of deal all right well then let's get to warwick where do we find this general bridge so um the uh, all of you kind of take refuge in um one of the sorting tents and um uh, Tika explains that um, the there's sort of a central hub um, for uh, the Covenant. Um, as you can imagine, given that they've made their home in something that's essentially a margin and a byproduct of magic existing elsewhere, 
um, physical spaces would be almost impossible to to define regularly. So um, as uh, Craigate was sort of establishing the Covenant um, here, um, she developed uh, something called the Heath. Uh, the Heath is uh, essentially a hub uh, that will allow um, that allows access to the various pocket dimensions within the Shadowlands that uh, the the nations of the Covenant uh, exist under, um, or more kind of nation states. The circles are each kind of a nation unto themselves, if that makes sense. Um, so basically, what she explains, sort of as quickly as she can, is that uh, the Shadowlands do have, um, they, because they are as the name suggests, a reflection of things that exist in the, the sort of mortal realm. Um, all of these geographical locations do exist in Gren uh, in a different form. So essentially where a lot of the circles were originally um, located in the mortal realm is what they've recreated here, um, sort of in the, the dark vision of them. Similarly, um, you know, the, the mountains you saw reflect the bone spurs, uh, the, the empty lake reflects a lake elsewhere in, in the mortal realm and so on and so forth. So um, the heath is essentially um, a focus point um, at uh, the center of a number of ley lines that exist within the Shadowlands. Um, when used correctly, it will allow uh, witches to travel to their desired location. It also is very good at keeping uh, unexpected visitors out, which is part of the reason that uh, no one in Scriven has ever seen um, any uh, town or city um, in uh, of the, the Covenant. So um, Tika basically, um, she can get you to the Heath, and she can activate the the rituals necessary uh, to transport you um, to the uh, blue circle. The good news is because uh, the army is being sort of rallied against um, uh, the slumber point of Krekate, um all of the predominant circles are fairly lightly defended right now, mostly because the war is, is on the verge of being done. So you don't really... When there's only one group of gorillas left and you know exactly where they are, you don't exactly have to be, like, fully covering your ass, which is part of the reason Bridge is using this opportunity to make the attack. Also, it's the end game, so, you know, you got one, one chance to do this. So she can transport you there. Um, from there, uh, Victor will um, try and seek out uh, some of the other untethered um, and... Uh, hopefully find bridge uh that said tika doesn't know her exact location largely because that would be terrible if she was taken yeah it's a resistance movement everybody exactly. knows yeah it's, only it's what everyone's cells so she knows like i can get you there if victor can find other untethered familiars if any are still alive he can then take you the rest of the way uh and then she'll remain behind in the heath to um operate transport in and out that's part of what she's been doing out here is making sure that people can get to and from where they need so to. for for a clumsy mcu metaphor kind of heimdalling it from the heat heimdalling it entirely heimdalling <laughs> yes yeah great all right does anyone have anything they want to discuss understand do any of you, you, you need to take a proper rest i would no object <laughs> yeah that's that's fine Great. Then yes, let's let's do a we'll do a rest, and then head out in whatever this 
terrifying soundscapes equivalent of the morning is. Uh, Tika kind of like looks up at the the permanently black sun, looks back at the three of you, and she goes, "Yeah, morning." <laughs> and um, I just say. Thank you, Tika, for this very informative uh, um, um, tour, as it will, as it were, of this place, and for helping us to understand better. Um, she grins very broadly, slaps you on the back, uh, and says, "Now that's good diplomacy." And then she nods to Duncan. She's like, "See, I think she's getting it." Not that I was listening. Um, and then she leaves. Mm. Well, your first review's in, and it's pretty positive, so keep this up. And with that, you uh, find your kind of respective places uh, to sleep for the evening. Um, sleep is not great in the Shadowlands, um, largely because they are born of, uh, to some extent, nightmare and uh, are, are a byproduct of, of magic and, and creativity and all that fun stuff. Um Maka, um, I think your sleep is clouded with um, visions of the root folk. Um, you see visions of uh, Leonea when she first arrived, um, of her and her familiar kind of uh, getting things set up, of um, bringing the root folk to life. Um, you also just hear hear sort of passing mention of um, Leonea by uh, the pool, staring at her reflection, um, idly twirling um, her sort of long silver hair in one finger, as um, root folk uh, kind of tend to her needs. Um, just uh, saying, you know, um, she keeps talking about pack and looking beyond the veil and honestly I have so little interest in either of those things I get that she's bored but uh, truly that's that's no reason to, to ruin a good thing is it uh, just so fucking beautiful though um, and then she like leans down and kisses her own reflection um, and then also just like random clips of their life <laughs> so it's just like them applying Sundara, them preparing for, um, you know, the the celebrations, them just going about their business. It's 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 a very jumbled clip show um, in your in your head. Am I correct in understanding that Leonea, Le, excuse me, Leonea arriving and awakening the root folk means that the root folk didn't have like a society or a consciousness before she arrived? Um more so that uh, the society as it existed, uh, the society didn't truly exist as uh, as you witnessed it prior to okay. her arrival. Uh, but there was something. There was some form of civilization. Uh, yeah. So before. the root folk okay. certainly That's existed. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 As I just uh, want to make sure I didn't as, like completely misunderstand. No. 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 Um, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I misspoke. Um, basically, what you gather from this, and I think you already had a sense of this from from how vain she was that um, she continued to kind of dominate whatever forces they were. Um, in a lot of ways, since they, they are uh, trees, um, it's not like they had to just walk around all day every day. They could be completely still for 100 years and then go about whatever business they needed to do. But um, as the, um, the frequency of her visits increased, she was constantly 
like awakening them and summoning them and, and asking them to do things um, with the help of her familiar. And gradually the idea of hibernation and slumber kind of fell away. Um, if you think about it, it's a little bit like, you know, back in the day, we always used to turn our computer off because if you don't need it, why would you have it on? Whereas now yeah. we're like, no, 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 I just, I need it all the time, maybe. So just fucking sleep mode. Uh, it's, it's very much kind of that to a point where eventually they just stopped hibernating. It was just, hmm. let's go, let's go, let's go. Got it. Um, but, um, yes, yeah, just sort of furthering your understanding of Leonea's connection, both to the Covenant and to, um, to the society and also seemingly why her fear of the Covenant might extend to them. Um, Gwendolyn, um, you dream uneasily um, of the moments when you've been outside the the armor. Um, mm -hmm. It's both freeing and horrible um, because although you've got a degree of control over it, uh, you know it's like when you're a kid and you're told to like wear a seatbelt or you'll just immediately die in any car, and then you undo your seatbelt while you're driving. And you're like, oh my god, like well, I'm free flying. It's, uh, or I guess in climbing metaphors, oh, it would be. I'll trust you. Oh, uh, God. It'd be yeah. free climbing. Um, yeah. So. Um, free soloing. Sure. Great. You know what? Your dream is just darkness <laughs> and sadness. No information for you. Um, yeah. I feel so, like the God of this world is judging you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, fine. Like free soloing um, when you probably shouldn't be. So yeah, okay. up till now, you've managed gotcha. to do it successfully because you understand how to get in and out of your, your armor body. Uh, but you're also not sure if you just started drifting, if you would just keep drifting. Right. Uh, if we're talking spacewalks, it's like every... So so far, you've always been able to like get back to the shuttle once you've been doing like a walk outside. But it's entirely possible that could not happen one day. Um, so I think it's just kind of various experiences of being in your, like out of your, out of your armor. Um, but also, um, seeing yourself as Gwendolyn, like mortal Gwendolyn when you're outside it in the dream, mm -hmm. um, and kind of contending with having to reintegrate into uh, the living metal. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Duncan, I think you actually don't dream. I think you, you have, a uh, just a, like the kind of sleep I normally have, which is, it, it feels a bit rough. You don't really learn anything and you wake up feeling still tired, but slightly less rough. Um, yeah, without his magical connection, I think he avoids a lot of haunted magic dreams. Absolutely. Um, and also, the things that are concerning you right now are, are logic problems. They're not... You're not questioning the, the essence of experience. You're not trying to integrate uh, the memory, living me lived memory of an entire people. Um, you're just realizing that you're unequipped for the fight you're in. And that's not really something you can dream on. Um so it's more like I didn't bring the right tools to the job, which isn't really your fault because you're not magic. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, um, the three of you pass uh, an evening in kind of um, confused sleep somewhat uh, and awake to the sun being in the exact same place, 
um, the uh, the people the the rag people still continuing their uh, organizing and sorting, and um, Tika is um, uh, you see that uh, she is sort of sitting cross-legged uh, with her eyes closed um, and kind of um, greenish uh, fire glowing in her hands, um, uh, seemingly chanting kind of a low. Um, a low chant. Um, you hear various words of praise to various deities and creatures you've never heard of. Um, but when she hears you rustle, her eyes open, and for a moment, um, they're completely green. Uh, and then slowly that, that fades as she kind of blinks it out. Um, and uh, she says, Ah, well, I slept great. Uh, how I hope you slept, I'm going to assume not great, but restfully. I slept. Yes, I I am ready for what the day brings. Yeah, there's that mortal optimism. I always sleep well, because I never have a bad day. I see sarcasm is as true in the uh, mortal realms as it is here. Fantastic. No, that was being sincere. You've never had a bad day? Royals, I am I right? I have, but I don't anymore. Well, that's, that's nice. Most of my friends this, got murdered, so I'm, I'm kind of having a rough ride of things, this, but... No, th this has gone terribly... No, this is not what I meant. Mm, okay. Gwendolyn is doing an excellent job of alienating everyone she speaks to. Mm, I'm good, just trying to good. put on a brave face. I didn't mean it. I have lots of bad days, too. There you go. Now, Francis... And he just does his, like... Duncan does his, like, tilting his hat forward from the side. He's like, you actually started strong. Perhaps you could move to comforting the person who is talking about their friends who've passed away. Don't worry about your performance. Worry about oh. their feelings. And then he just, and like, lifts his hat up and goes back to, like, looking forwards again. Yeah. And Mark will come over and put a hand kind of cupping his mouth over to you and be like, if it is becoming of a royal to make a pariah of herself, <laughs> you are doing a good job. Mm, yes. Oh, I'm very... Um, Tika just sort of grins and she says your highness it's okay I live in a weird shadow realm uh, full of witches uh, who make pacts with otherworldly uh, creatures and monsters that we can't possibly understand you're doing great I know you're trying your best things are just weird right now it's, it's, it's all good also uh, my nation has fallen apart so diplomatically uh what what I mean, you're gonna go to war with me like it's fine don't worry about it thank you for understanding but we will try to restore your nation uh only crack eight can do that so well we'll try to well, to yeah. help out crack eight that's, well, that's what we're trying to do I, I i i appreciate it i appreciate it uh she leans over to duncan and she's like is she always like this this is a lot this is a lot of you're doing a great uh, job if this is if this is what you get every day yeah, and, and, and he looks to the princess and he says, I think there's great hope for the future here with the brave steps that she's made. Uh, and then he looks back to her and he says, thank you for your understanding. Uh, and then he gives her a big wink with his left eye that the princess <laughs> cannot see. <laughs> uh, Tika kind of grins wickedly and says, uh, all right, well, um, I guess let's... Let's us four travel to the heath. Um, 
So she uh, goes over to um, one of the bins uh, and uh, she just kind of sighs and she's like, Ugh, I uh, promised myself we wouldn't use these anymore. Uh, and she um, rummages around uh, and she comes out uh, with four broomsticks and she's like, look, one of the things about the Shadowlands is that it's really affected by what uh, people in your world think. So brooms work real good for flying here. It's stupid and we hate it. Uh, but there's really no faster way for us to get to the Heath uh, unless you all fancy another uh, walk across the blasted landscape. But given how bold uh, the Chimerans are getting, uh, the faster we can get there, I think uh, the better uh, for all involved. So mount up um and uh she hands each of you uh, a broom i want to know what uh each of your brooms looks like uh maka um uh gets a a, a mop <laughs> it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a mop just like that ropey tangle at the at the at the end and it's perpetually wet for some reason uh, it's just some weird thing carried over into the Shadowlands. Like, is this is a mop? It's wet. That's just how it is. Uh, this, this all tracks with the yeah. logic of this place. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he hops onto a mop. Um, Gwendolyn's is like one of those decorative brooms that you can buy, um, like around Halloween, that like rich people put like in like fancy. Uh, uh, Oh, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Is it when like uh, in, like in their houses? Free in solo? <laughs> is it free solo? <laughs> no, when they do like like, like beautiful like flower like fall arrangements. A cornucopia. Thanks. It's a broom. It's a fancy again. broom. Pilgrims. It's just a fancy, obviously decorative broom. That, um, like, in the real world could not support anything. So, uh, for my own brain, are we talking, like, those brooms that are basically just, like, a fancy bundle of sticks tied to the end of uh, a broom handle that would have, yes. like, in, ironically, would have been the useful broom for, like, sweeping out um, a hearth and, like, making a fireplace good? But now, yeah, yeah just, like, it, hangs it's on like, the wall. It's, like, today, like, fancy rustic. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Great. So funny. It's like, this is a thing every peasant needed. Now we're like, this is a thing only rich people want. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Ryan, what does uh, Duncan's broom look like? Uh, I think Duncan gets the last one, and it's actually just a rake. Uh, just like nice. a metal rake. So it's long, and it's got the rake end, which looks sort of broomish, but he kind of likes it a little more than the others because it is metal, so it's vaguely related to a sword. Like, he tests out, and he's like, ah, it's not perfectly balanced, but this is hardy enough that I could get a good whack out of it before it broke. Um, And uh, uh, Tika gets just, like, a a straight, straight up, like, classic buy-it-at-Walmart broom. broom. Uh, But it's uh, it's clearly been so overused that, like, the bristles are worn almost to a nub. Um, And uh, she's like, yeah. Okay, well, uh, Victor, you want to hop on my back here? And he baboons his way over and, and gets up, and uh, she's like, okay, well, um, I guess uh, let's defy gravity, huh? Uh, and then she uh, kicks off, and uh, as you do the same, uh, you do find that the brooms just kind of drift up. Uh, they they handle exactly the way you'd imagine. If you lean forward, you fly forward. If you pull back, you pull back. Um I'd like you to consider these uh, more like uh, speeder bikes from Star Wars than like 
uh, airplanes, so they'll get you across ground quickly, but it's not like you can, like, take to the sky and just, like, fuck off into, <laughs> onto the horizon. Um, <laughs> practice my Ronsky feint. <laughs> I mean, you can, just, like, watch your head. Yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you kick off, and uh, the four of you speed off uh, towards the hearth. This episode of Curse Code and Crown Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.